Hey everyone, it's Steph and Kate with Cocktails with a Blonde and Brunette. How are you doing today, Kate? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. It was a beautiful weekend. Sun was shining. Um, can't really complain. What about you? Did you get much done this weekend? I had, I had school all weekend. So it was really beautiful looking out the window. I'm a little <laughs> bit jealous of everybody who got to be outside, but yeah. I spent most of my weekend inside. But that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you win some, you lose some. At least you were, yeah. At least you were learning. Um, so Kate and I yep. just wanted to um, address some stuff that's going on in the news, worldwide, um, with humanity, with people, politics, all that stuff. We just feel like it's something that we should touch on before we get into our podcast today. Um, there's a lot of protests and riots and memes and all these things going around on the internet about the Black Lives Matter movement and it's kind of upsetting uh, to see so many people at war with each other instead of trying to educate each other. As two white women, me and Kate do realize our privilege, um, which upsets some people when we say that, but we acknowledge it and we've done the educational research and we've listened to other people and we we understand our privilege um so we kind of wanted to keep learning well yeah you have to keep learning because really yeah the people who aren't experiencing racism you can't really turn a blind eye to it Um, there's a difference between not being racist and being kind of like an activist against anti-racism anti-racist yeah um and it's really our job to step up and help them solve what's going on because we've created it. Exactly. Um, so we just want to say that we do stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. And if, if you don't, for some reason, or you don't understand why it is focused on Black Lives Mattering, we realize that all lives do matter. Um, that's not what the Black Lives Matter movement is about. Um, and if you don't understand that, well, we're going to post some stuff in our group and on our Instagram page, just so that you do have some maybe books or links or webinars where you can get some actual legitimate information as white people living in Canada, Kate and I haven't experienced racism ever in our lives. Um, so we can't even pretend to understand it but we can educate ourselves on it. We can educate other people when we get the chance and we can stand up for those people who need us to stand beside them to make a change. Yeah, I think as white people are real, um, it is completely up to us to educate ourselves and to make sure that we aren't also adding burdens to black or colored people and that learning from them means paying them for their knowledge, paying them for their lived experience so that they can continue to educate everybody and as many people as they possibly can. And because we are able to, like we really are super privileged and like Steffi said, we haven't experienced racism. But I can say to a certain degree, like when I married my husband because he's from South Africa, the first thing that anybody ever asks me is if he's black. And the second I say they're white, there's like people are fucking relieved. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, what, what difference would it make if he was black? But the, I don't think I've ever had one person who's asked me that question not have a sense of relief once I tell them they're white. And that's awful. That's so, like, that's the smallest part of racism I've ever experienced. 
And I think that's horrible. Imagine what people go through on a daily basis, like who, who aren't white. And so we have to yeah. learn from them. We have to like sit back and admit that, you know, like we don't know it all and that's okay. We just have to learn and stand with them. Well, and I feel like too, a lot of people don't even realize that they're racist. Um, like they don't think of themselves as racist because they don't use offending words. They're not particularly directly insulting a certain race or religion. But if you're at your dinner table and you feel comfortable to say something because it's a bunch of white people around or you have a reaction like people had to you um, being like, oh, okay, so he's not black. Um, that's your chance as a white person to speak up and kind of correct that um, because that is racism. It's not blatant racism outside of your home, but racism starts at home, unfortunately. Um, it can also come through experience, which I totally, I don't understand it again, because I haven't experienced it. Um, but it, it does start at home. So as hard as those conversations may be to have with family and friends who feel comfortable to bring things up in a certain environment, those are the environments we kind of have to also pay attention to because I feel like those are the ones we turn a blind eye to. And that's how the younger generations do get influenced um, to be a certain way. And yes. I just feel like the Absolutely. more we can talk about it, the more we can change it. It's true. And we have to use our white privilege to change it. Like it is our responsibility. Just like when we're talking about the women's movement, like we need men to stand up and be the change. Right. So if you're sure. the cause of what's going on, you have to be the one to own it, step up and change it. Yep. For so sure. Everybody step up, step up, step up. Um, with that, should we move on to erotic blueprints? Yeah. With that, um, we just, we, yeah, we thought we had to say our piece. So um, we are going to be moving on to the erotic blueprints part of our chat today. Um, we did our tests, Kate and I already, we touched briefly on what the, um, what the different blueprints were. There are five of them. You can be a mixture of a bunch. Um, most people will probably find themselves in a higher category for one or a couple. It'd be interesting if anybody actually had something where it was like 2020, 2020, 2020, that'd, yeah. you'd be, a, you'd be a lot of fun, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah down for anything um so i did my quiz on the tony robbins site kate did hers on the miss jaya site could you spell jaya's name for us kate yeah it's j-a-i-y-a so if you just type in her name and erotic blueprints you'll get her site for the quiz her site goes into a lot more detail probably the same quiz you'll just get a lot more information off of her site so when we took our test I don't know about Kate, but when I took mine, I didn't think I was going to end up where I ended up on the scale of the erotic blueprint. Um, I was a little bit shocked and surprised to see what the quiz said that I liked. It's not wrong. I just thought that I was a little bit more on the reserved end of things. Um, whereas Kate pretty much knew right away what I was going to be. So it's funny how other people can kind of read our energy a little bit better than we can. Um, how did you, like, how did you rate on your test, Kate? So I think you and I are actually pretty similar. I had equal, exactly, for sensual and energetic. 
which mm -hmm. I wasn't sure that I would be either. And I think it's a common misconception that most women would fall under sensual because there's a lot of men that also fall under that. So the five groups are the shapeshifter, kinky, sexual, sensual, and energetic. And I think the maybe stereotype would be that men would fall under sexual and women would fall under sensual, but it doesn't actually have to be that way. I think Steph, you and I, as somebody, like we're both pretty into people's energies and we're fairly empathic. So therefore, that, I think that's where our energetic slash sensual comes from. Um, but like you could look at another woman and be like, oh yeah, for sure she's kinky. You know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't go according to gender. True. Um, so yeah, we both did pretty much get equal um, rates on the energetic and the sensual aspects. So did you want to talk about those first? Did you want to go through them all one by one? How do you want to kind of attack the difference today? I, I like the energetic them. one, um, but there's a Should lot in there. One? Yeah, let's do it. Do you all right, do you want to we'll talk kick about it out. what it is to start with? Do you want to talk about what it means for you? Um, so for me, the energetic, it, it was surprising. It is my highest one. It's pretty equal with the sensual, but I got basically 30% in the energetic space. Um, it doesn't surprise me in a sense that I am very much about my environment. Um, so in order for me to feel comfortable in a sexual setting, generally I have to be either spontaneous and in the moment or it has to be like a clean space like I'm very I'm very distracted by the things around me um so it, it has to be a very I don't know I'm very sensitive so it has to be kind of a good environment the energy has to be good between two people I can kind of feel like the moment something goes off um so that part of the energetic definitely I anticipated would be there um, but the fact that it says that I enjoy um, toys and oils and props and things like that I guess I do um, I just never really thought of myself as a person who would want to incorporate those things I always just kind of thought I'd be more of just like a touch two people kind of vanilla sex person if that makes any sense that's for sure. I was just going to say, knowing these things helps you create a better sex life because when you read them, like you said, like it kind of clicks. You're like, oh, yeah. And it gives you ideas of what you could be adding or maybe what you need that you didn't know was missing. Well, yeah. And it also, it makes a lot more sense to me too, just in a sense that, um, like it says, like I need time to kind of build and like get to where I'm going. You come at me too fast, I'm not really into it. You come at me too slow, I'm not really into it. Um, so for me, I guess it kind of sex is more of a dance for me um, rather than a marathon, um, which I did know and it's good to know, but I just, I guess if for me, it was eye-opening to be like, oh, I do have to put a little bit more time into it. So like for me, a really good experience is probably gonna last closer to an hour versus, you know, 10, 15 minutes, because I need that time to kind of get into it, enjoy it, and even come out of it. Because um, I feel like on the energetic side, 
like the sex doesn't end when the sex ends. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You definitely need that time to come out of it and to connect to your partner afterwards as well. Yeah. So it's almost like a roller coaster. It's like you get on the ride, you're excited, you're anticipated, <laughs> like all these good things are going to happen. You slowly take that climb up to, you know, the top of the roller coaster. And then it's like, woo, when you come down, but then like when you get off the roller coaster, you still need a little bit of time to like come back. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, to me, that's kind of what the energetic is like for me anyways. And it did actually make me feel a little bit more comfortable um, with some of the things I'd already been doing, just knowing that, and I don't know why that literally makes no mm -hmm. sense. I think we talked about this in the first episode, um, but I almost was uncomfortable with certain aspects of my sex life because I didn't think they were quote unquote normal. Um, so to see it pop up in my blueprint, I don't know, it almost made me feel less shame towards the sex that I like to have validation yeah we all look for validation yeah so um it made a lot of sense to me actually um and it kind of made sense as to why certain like why maybe why like I get into certain grooves in my sex life because the sex that I like to have is kind of uh like both people have to want to be around for a while right <laughs> yes well and that's so, it right it yeah, so, yeah, and I like things to be different and change it up. So, um, I mean, I guess sex with me would be a lot of fun um, as long as we're both doing it right. <laughs> there you go. I love the way you described it, though, as a dance. That's yeah, really, so, it's like, yeah, it's perfect. No, it's almost like um, you think of energetic and you think of, like, bouncing off the walls and, like, crazy, like, energetic, like, that passionate crazy night after the bar kind of sex or something like that but really it's like the exact opposite it's like kind of slowing those energies and like molding them together absolutely it's the anticipation and the craving and energetic people can also feel things on their skin without even being touched it's like yeah feel the intent of what's going to happen yeah it's a little more tantric i guess yeah but you can also, in the same sense, you can be pulled right out of that by like, you know, a car horn outside or the noise in the living room or whatever. It's like a small thing can like pull you out of your energetic dance that you're having. And so that's, that's something that also your partner needs to be aware of if you are an energetic blueprint is that it's really easy for you to like snap out of it. Yeah, and that they like need quickly. to come to it. Yeah, like it's it takes so much time to get into it, but you can come out of it so fast. So they need to be able to also make sure that their mind and their energy is clear, so that they can keep you grounded and bring you back into that. Yeah, it'd be because yeah, I mean, one little wrong move and it's kind of over for everybody. And if your partner doesn't understand that about you, it could lead to a lot of problems. I'd imagine in your sex life. <laughs> For sure. And I think people knowing your partner's blueprint helps you have a way better sex life. Oh, for sure. Because, because you guys they like. work with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they know what other. they like. Maybe they didn't know. Yeah. The other thing so that's really cool about energetic is that you can have yeah. orgasm without even being touched. Yeah. It's like that um, tantric yoga sex. <laughs> yep. 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 
a lot of like the breathing and stuff. Um, and I also feel like I could be totally wrong, but I feel like energetic people would be more inclined to like styles of um, like erotica porn as opposed to visual porn. Um, they might like to be like read stories or read stories. Because um, yeah, I feel like because that kind of leads to that anticipation, the tease and the dance without it being like right in your face. Yeah, I think that's so true. Or something yeah. along the lines of like, real life porn does that make sense there's a lady named erica lust who yes (laughs) has people write in and talk about like what their sexual preferences are or whatever and then she makes them into like porn but it's not really it's more erotica because they've got the story that goes with it you can you've got the feeling and the sensation and the energy of what's going on it's not just like porn for sure so i feel like it's really energetic yeah. So if your partner is energetic or you are, um, would you say that that's kind of the person who would be more open to things? Like if you brought home a toy or a prop or you wanted to try like your fantasies, things like that, like, I feel like that would be the blueprint. That would be one of them that would be a little more open to it. I think energetic just really has probably, I would say no limits as long as the energy coming into the space is what they're looking for. Okay, fair enough. Right, as long as it's like, it's, and their energy could be different every time. That's the other thing. It's very hard to be with somebody who's energetic mm-hmm. because one day we might want it slow and the next day we want that like real masculine or feminine energy or whatever it may be. It's never the same. It's always fluid. Never black and white. <laughs> Mm-mm. For sure not. Okay. And then your second one was sensual. So you want to do sensual next? Sure. Talk so sensual, it. it's like your five sensations, right? Like your touch, sound, taste, smell. Yep. It's very, it's um, a very like kinesthetic too. Like that, it's like feeling like the softness of things or like silk sheets or fur or people like are using different foods and stuff in the bedroom. Which, <laughs> yeah, your whipped cream. Different smells, mm-hmm. blindfolded, right? Because then all of your more senses become that much stronger. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, the so, sensual part didn't shock me. Um, no? No, because I find for, like, myself being sensual, like, when I read it, it made sense. Because I need to be relaxed in order to have a good time. Um, I can't have like my grocery list going through my head the whole day, this and that. So by kind of setting the right environment, feeling comfortable, you know, I, I'm wearing something cute that feels nice on my skin. I got my furry blanket. So, Mm -hmm. um, I like having, you know, a massage beforehand. Um, I I like the lighting, uh, music I, I could care less for. Um, if there's something in the background, it's almost distracting to me. Um, but in terms of just needing to be relaxed and open in order to kind of be turned on and have a good sexual experience that made perfect sense to me um one sensual the problem with sensual is getting in your head well yeah and I'm always in my head so I feel like the energetic and sensual for me they go hand in hand because the energetic Mm -hmm. part of it allows me to slowly get out of my head and brings me to the sensual place where I can be open, comfortable, 
because I find for me as like a sensual energetic person like I don't have a million sexual partners because I can't just sleep with anybody I need to have an energetic connection with that person and I need to actually feel comfortable so that I can kind of let all my inhibitions go clear my head and have a good time and I can only do that with someone that I'm comfortable with so I feel like a sensual person would also sometimes need that connection as well like it's more of a uh, trying to turn your brain off rather than yeah. run away from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, you definitely need to be able to relax. And I think like for women, like you said, like it, your downfall to being sensual is that you get in your head and you make grocery lists or whatever. And for guys, this is really where like if your partner has a lot of performance anxiety or you're, if they're thinking about too much, whether they're pleasing you or not, or getting lost in like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Like typically that would be a sensual lover as well. So it's not just like, we just focus on different things. And so that relaxation and that romance piece and being able to apply to the five senses is really important for a sensual person in order to not be in their head. Okay. So basically if, if we were going to be with someone who's sensual, obviously the environment is key um find mm -hmm. out what they like do they like candles what kind of music do they like try and create the right environment so that your partner or yourself um will be relaxed and then and it's like you said though the massage too right like the soft touching first and maybe temperature play or you really have to again along with the energetic it's going to take time to build this it's not something that is going to happen in 10 minutes no so it's another one of those Pro, the whole process is important. It's not just the goal, right, Kate? <laughs> Absolutely. The process is more important than the rest of it. Yes, especially for yeah, the energetic yeah. and sensual. These people would hate oh. goal-orientated sex. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because they're the romantics. Like, they want the candles and the well, music, maybe for some people, not for other yeah. people, but even, like, the shower together for having like an ice cube or something warm or like warm oil, dim lighting. They like, they, it is, it's the whole <laughs> setting, it's the sensuality, the beautifulness of it. And they have this very intense body awareness as well. So that's something that if you use your five senses and work with, it's amazing. But if you poke and prod, there's no way that's happening. No. So yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, uh, the sensual made so much sense for me. Um, I like the sensual. Mm -hmm. I feel like sensual people are probably more empathic on the scale of I the sexual so. blueprints. <laughs> I mean, energetic is too, but when you get all your senses yeah. involved, it's more of a full body experience as opposed to just a physical one. Well, and that is the one thing about sensual too, is that you're able to have a full body orgasm. So as an energetic and sensual, you can have a orgasm from not ever being touched, but you can also have a full body orgasm, which other blueprints find it much harder to achieve. Yeah. So that's pretty sure. fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. When I was reading about that, I was actually really happy that I was on the other end of the scale. <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy I know what it feels like all the way down to my toes. <laughs> I wouldn't want to know what it's like Absolutely. to self off, right? <laughs> yeah so um when you talk about the, the empathetic part too i just want yeah. to bring in like 
I talked about how men have the performance anxiety, but this is also where women who are like thinking, I'm taking too long. Like, is he enjoying it? Like, I don't think he's liking what he's doing to me anymore. Or that's where those thoughts come into you. So if you're having those thoughts, you're very likely a sensual blueprint. Yes. And the funny thing is about like the sensual uh, blueprint is they're probably also not the type of person who is verbalizing so much what they they want because it's all kind of about the touch and the sound and it's not really so much about the voice um so if you can learn to use your voice as a sensual person and ask those questions like does this feel good do you like that or set the tone with your partner beforehand to be like if you like something tell me you know like things like that Mm -hmm. you could bring that to a whole other level I feel it also if your partner knows that about you it gets rid of the um, almost like I guess the ego out of it because they also know that every day what you like what you don't like changes and so when you are saying oh I like this or I'm not liking that it's not about them anymore it becomes about you being a sensual blueprint yep I would completely agree with that all right so sexual is mostly remote probably what people think most men are. Um, yeah, very see, much I, was, I thought I was going to be sexual, but I also feel like I think like a man sometimes. But anyways, keep going. I love cutting you off. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> all good. I think that we all think like men sometimes. And sometimes, like I'm sure all of us are just like want that quickie, right? Like, And that's oh, exactly yeah. what like the sexual is about. Yeah. For sexual, it's like arousal, penetration, climax. It's all physical. Sex is a fun math of, of being relaxed. It's like what where most of the um, advertising comes from in our world. It's where porn comes from. I mean, porn is a $97 billion a year industry. Like you can't be way up there and not have a lot of sexual people in the world. Yeah. And it's about beautiful bodies and it's, you know, the only the problem is that they get stuck, right? As somebody who's sexual, you get very much stuck in this body of just having exactly what you see on porn or exactly what you see in advertisements. You aren't able to get out of that bubble. And it's hard for you to accept yourself as the person you are because you're constantly comparing yourself to the guy in the underwear ad or the girl in the lingerie ad, or whatever it may be. And so you, it's really, this is where people will have a lot of um, body image problems because that's what they're looking at. Well, and too, I find um, with these type of people, it starts off as just sexual because they are a sexual um, archetype or blueprint, whatever you want to call it the sex Mm -hmm. that they start having is kind of just about the goal of having sex. It's very kind of just quick, like they'll kind of just get her done. But I feel like as time goes on, being a sexual person, they tend to gravitate more towards porn and things of that nature because they are trying to look to get outside of their box, but their goal is still that 10 to 12 minute video where everything happens everybody's satisfied and I feel like that's kind of the goal of a person who is just sexual is like they do want everybody to be satisfied but it's just got to be like 
quick, swift, bam, bam. And, and what I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that can be very frustrating. Right. And trying to, if you also have a partner who's sexual and say you're sensual, the blending of those two is like, it's work, but it's worth it for both of them. So but I think sexual, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so do you think that um, it's possible for sexual and sensual people to meet in the middle and have good sex? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like they're kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum, almost. But it's just a matter of meeting somewhere that makes everybody happy. And so for sexual, like if your main focus is penetration and climax and for sensual it's about using your five senses and taking that time to build up i mean sexual can still it can still be fun it can still be playful and it can still get to where they want to be it's just a matter of you know really focusing on your partner first mm-hmm. and then just- you still Mm-hmm. I think it's just hard for me to understand the sexual people because I'm not one of them. <laughs> I have, um, at the end, I'm going to give everybody actually a challenge for everybody um, so that they can learn to also broaden their blueprint because your blueprint doesn't stay forever. It can change. Um, oh, for sure. As life changes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we talked to we're going to talk about the love languages in another one, but love languages is a little bit different because that's always how you want to be loved like that. Whereas the, it's not very fluid. Whereas this is very fluid. You know, you can, as your life changes, your blueprint changes. And so that's, it's a good idea to keep checking up on it and seeing where you're at so that you can continue to have the language to talk to your partner. No, it makes perfect sense. I think just for me, like, I'm, I think, like, 3% sexual. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I don't really understand who would want to be sexual. I mean, I get it. It's probably, like, a busy person. Don't have a lot of time in the day. But they still want to feel good. <laughs> but it would be interesting um, to see how, to see how, what you have for that at the end. That's going to help people to experience different blueprints essentially that they're not really connected to does that make any sense i think yeah for sure it does the other thing about sexual is like they like the naughtiness of something so you can take that with your sensuality and use your five senses to be naughty right you can bring these things together in in ways that are super enticing for every type of blueprint Because if you, if you think about somebody who's sensual, who loves like cold and blindfold and everything, imagine what a sexual person who's like, oh, this is naughty, what they could do with that. Just how you reframe things and work well, and with I guess, your partner. Well, yeah, and I guess the sensual person and the sexual person, they're, I mean, they're both having sex with the goal of to relax, right? So they do have mm-hmm. a common goal. It's just they get there a little differently. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we have kinky. And so this is like the most daring and creative of all of the sexual blueprints. And a lot of times people who are kinky don't want to admit that they're kinky because it's often you're very shamed for having different views or sexual preferences that are outside of the box. Um, But they're really up for anything. They're like, they'll try it. They're like, 
the person who has, you know, like the all night sex parties and like loves every freaking second of it and wants to just know like, how can I do this? And how can I do more of this? Um, most people will try and answer this blueprint without getting kinky because nobody knows what to do with kinky. It's like outside of the societal norm and they feel very judged. And so if your partner is kinky, trying to be really supportive and really open to listening to what they have to say and working with them and not shaming them is going to be like the most important thing. Cause then once, once they're given the freedom to open that up and safely explore everything, they will take you as a lover to all new heights, things you may not have ever thought about, but they love being sensual and energetic and everything else. So like, just step back and allow them to be themselves. And it's okay to not like what they're bringing to the table. But sometimes you just got to try because you might love it too, right? Yeah. And probably too, like sometimes people who are on kind of the more kinky side, they might get, they might have like partners who kind of put them down. Um, like I know friends of mine, um, you know, you tell them about something that's going on or that you've tried or, you know, they want to try something with their husband. Some people kind of freak out. Um, so I know that mm-hmm. the kinky people, they can be shamed a lot <laughs> for the things that they like and trying to bring it up. Um, and, I mean, for myself, I'm a little bit more kinky than I thought I was going to be uh, for a reserved <laughs> girl. <laughs> um, but I think kink too can be it can be for some people, maybe not like sex parties and things like that. I think it all depends on your level oh, of kink, right? Absolutely. And I think I find men are more open to talking about it. Oh, for um, sure. Because they love kinky stuff. Threesomes, you know, all that good jazz. Generally brought up by men, fantasized about by women. <laughs> Well, and I think that's it. I think women just don't know how to talk about it and feel very shameful about it. Whereas guys have somehow come to this realization, like it's okay to see these things. And typically if I, when I'm talking with people and clients and they talk about like different kinky things they want to try or opening their relationship or swinging or threesomes or sex parties, it's typically the guy who brings it up, but the woman's like there. Right? Like she just doesn't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, and so I it's totally interesting. Agree. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting to see how that happens. So just be really loving with your kinky lover and allow them to say what they need to say and let them open some doors for you that maybe you weren't open for yourself. Yeah, you know, you know, one last, the last thing you want to do is shame them for how they feel, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's when you, you end up with a whole shape, other shapeshifter. Yeah. Shapeshifter. Which is Isn't all like of them. Just, yeah, a little yeah. collection of of all the things so yeah, i got 22.22 percent for that one <laughs> you go see and that's what you had said earlier is yeah. like you kind of thought you'd be all of them and you can play with yeah. all the blueprints and you're it means like you're creative you love to explore sexually um you need a partner who is sexually enthusiastic to be able to satisfy all of the needs when it and probably explains why yeah well, it probably explains to why, like, the sexual isn't really high on my list. Um, it doesn't interest you. It's boring. It is very boring. Um, and I know, too, like, 
I can adapt what I like based on what my partner likes, as long as it's not too fast and boring. <laughs> play. You want to play. Yeah, like I, I, yeah. And so for me, I, I'm, I, like, I can remember, I don't know, not that long ago, probably a couple years ago when someone said, you know, you need to sleep with your husband every day. I thought, every day? How am I going to take an hour to 90 minutes a day to have sex that's worth it every day? And so that's where, <laughs> that's where I kind of yeah. like the idea of our menu um, idea last week, um, like yes. picking different apps off the menu because, yeah, I like the 60 to 90 minute, you know, for, or it doesn't even have to be timed, but I like it to feel like it was a, a journey, a process. My partner might want it every day. Um, just in a form of intimacy or whatever. So I can kind of shape to that as long as it's exciting. Um, So yeah, I guess we all just need to find some shape shifters. (laughs) Or be willing to like try out other blueprints, which is my challenge. So my challenge for everybody this week. So for the week, you're going to take 10 to 15 minutes a day to explore different um, energetic blueprints. Okay. Um, And you can do this while self-pleasuring or you can do it with your partner. And the idea here is not not to orgasm. Um, We're just doing it to try and embody the different blueprints, allowing us to have a better understanding of where those blueprints come from, but also just opening up your mind to different possibilities. Okay. So you're going to do five days of it. And so for your, for the energetic, um, what you're going to do is you're going to take the 10 to 15 minutes or longer, whatever you can find time for. Um, and you're going to envision light coming through your hands and your body. And you're going to use this light coming through your hands and you're going to hover them over like your breasts and your genitals. And you're going to use that light and energy to create sexual tension or sexual build in your body. This is going to be super hard for somebody who's sexual. Okay. And it probably will take a few practices. Um, And you can touch yourself gently, but again, you're not trying to increase orgasm. You're trying to increase sexual energy in your entire body, which is something that a lot of people probably have never experienced before. So be kind to yourself. If, it's, if you can't picture light, then imagine the sensation um, and what that would feel like or whatever it may be. Some people have an easier idea of like picturing um, like energy as being fluid. Some people can picture it as colors, whatever works for you best. Use that and just hover gently over um, like your nipples, your breasts. Uh, your vulva, your penis, your balls, your anus, whatever it is, just to build up that sexual tension and energy. So do you think that somebody could like have a hot bath and just like picture the water going over those areas if they weren't comfortable or they didn't didn't know how to get the energy flowing through their hands at first, maybe use like the water as a medium and then go into the... Okay. Yeah. Just because totally I know water that. feels good. So uh, for people Absolutely who don't really well. understand their energy or, you know, they've never, they've never really heard of energy in that term yeah. or that sense of it. Um, water can sometimes help. 
for sure, Kevin. All right, that's a great idea. Um, hold on one sec. Oh no, for sensual, uh, you're gonna light candles, put on music, uh, and what you're gonna do is lie down on your bed. If you can do this naked, it's best. Um, but depending on how you feel, it can totally be done in something like cute or sexy or just like your normal PJs. And you're gonna roll your hips and your pelvis in a circle like you're dancing. And you're gonna just like slowly contour your touch all over your body. Um, so it's a really light touch. Okay. And just make sure that the lighting's right and that you're constantly, by moving your hips and your pelvis, you're creating that energy that can like go through your body. Okay. I like it. Kind of gives me goosebumps, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, for sexual. For sexual you're going to explore your genitals um, because usually sexual, you're going straight for orgasm. You're not going to orgasm for sure. Like you definitely, with this one, you want to resist climaxing. But what you want to do is you're going to explore your genitals with different speeds and intensities. Um, use your left hand instead of your right hand. Instead of using... Like for men, an up and down motion, maybe you're going to use a round, like going around motion. Um, for women, instead of going like straight for your clitoris, maybe you're going to just like massage your vulva, but you're going to be still building the sexual tension physically, but you're going to be doing it in a completely different way than you would normally do it. So if you normally do it exactly like this, don't do those moves at all. You're going to only do new things. Kind and for people who aren't sexual. Yeah. You're, what you're doing is rewiring like new neural pathways in your brain that will allow you to like step out of being stuck in like a sexual rut. Yeah. Like mix up your masturbation kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Try new things. And if you're not somebody who masturbates, then just like touch yourself, you know, like just that simple act of like touching yourself. And if you're not comfortable doing it naked, do it over your clothes, but really just start to reconnect with your body in a sexual way. Um, in a way that you don't do it normally. Okay. And then for kinky, kinky, you're going to tease your genitals. So you're going to squeeze them, you're going to tap them, you're going to slap them. Um, you're going to try different intensities, um, see whether you like pain. Maybe you do like pain. Maybe you, you like um, like the sound of like smacks or kinky is like all about being outside of like what is in this square vanilla box, as you called it. Um, and so really just playing with the different intensities and like, yeah, just like squeeze, tap, pinch, slap, try those uh, for 10 mm -hmm. to 15 minutes. And that can be like, obviously for women, you're going to do this to your vulva and your breasts. Um, and for men, you can do this with uh, your penis and your testicles, whatever you feel comfortable with doing and just see like, Hey, like, this is kind of cool. Or like, no, this is just definitely not. <laughs> this is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then for shapeshifter, it's kind of like a free day, but you're going to try and mix all of those things together. So you're going to bring in the light, you're going to bring in the candles, you're going to bring in uh, the different intensities. And then you're going to also bring in like the teasing yourself and squeezing, tapping, whatever, and put it all together into one 10, 15 minute session. So they need to like attack them in any kind of special order or do you have any recommendations? No, I think like start with one that's not your, like maybe start with your lowest. Yeah, that's what or I was going to kind of say. Like, with. Yeah, I guess it really depends, right? I mean, it just depends how you want to end the week off. But I was going to say, if you want to end it off well, 
you know, end with the one you're the most like, but then again, you might go through them all and realize that you're a little more of something else than you thought you were. And you might want to like roll into the weekend exploring that. <laughs> That's right. So, so it depends yeah. on you, who you are as a person, like what your comfortability level is. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, there's no shame in your blueprint if you do it with a partner. I know for the love languages one, they let you do it based on if you're a teen, a child, in a relationship, single. This mm-hmm. one, you just do it. Um, so, you know, do it based on what you like, but don't, it, just because you might be energetic and your partner may be sexual doesn't mean you're going to have a hard time. Like, don't, I'm just saying, like, don't really look for issues. Just look at it as more of like a, ways to highlight your sex life um there's Mm -hmm. no perfect match and there's no wrong match it's all about communication (laughs) exploration and being comfortable and realistically the more honest you are with yourself the better sex life you're going to have because you're going to also have that language to talk to your partner like this is what my erotic blueprint is and like these are things that i like it actually gives you the language to be able to have those conversations without getting tripped up on them yeah no for sure and I got like into a good way to kind of ease into these because I know I'd never heard of them before um and a few of the people Mm -hmm. that I've talked to about it they hadn't really heard of it before they were like oh is that like love languages and I was like well yes um and I feel like just looking at the love languages because it is um what we're going to talk about next time a lot of the love languages kind of line up with your sexual blueprints in a way, um, at least mind you. And I found that quite interesting. So I think that if you know your sexual blueprint, your erotic blueprint, and you know your love language, well, you could probably have the best relationship in the entire world if you could find somebody who could um, understand yours and you could understand theirs and I mean, really, the possibilities would be endless. It really does create a deeper sense of intimacy without all the work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It yeah. takes out a lot yeah, of completely. the misunderstanding and confusion. No, for sure. So. so, yeah, those are the sexual blueprints. If you haven't done yours, do it already. Make sure you do your homework. Um, I know that I did talk to a few people who tried the menu suggestion out just over the past week. Mm -hmm. Um, They've made a menu. I don't know how many of them are following it day to day. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, my one girlfriend said even just sitting down and doing it um, with her man, it was just fun. She said it was a good time. They kind of got to like explore what each other like. It was a little bit of a newer relationship. Um, So she just found it to be a really good icebreaker. So if you haven't tried the menu. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to listen to our last podcast. Um, you should yeah. try it because we have gotten some really good feedback. I just wanted to put that in there. It's true. righty. Well, if anybody has any questions on the blueprints or the activities, or you want to let us know how the activities are going, you can follow us at our Facebook group. Um, just send Kate or I a message and we'll slide you in, or you can follow us on Instagram at cocktails with B be and we hope you guys all have a great day have a good rest of your monday kate and we will see you guys all next week yeah all right talk to you later bye everybody thanks kate bye